Hi, this is Eddie Hearn, and you're watching Lights Out. Floyd Mayweather goes the distance with Logan Paul. Daniel Dubois returns to the ring with a dynamite knockout. This is Lights Out. I am Fessel Khan, and this is podcast 35 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. And with me today, I'm delighted to be joined by a special guest, the host and founder of the Boxing TV talk show, Mr. Dan Hewitt. Dan, good afternoon, good afternoon to you, my man. Good afternoon. First, yeah. First of all, how are you doing? I'm great. Yeah, very well. Bad for seeing you, mate. Not too bad at all. Thanks for asking. And you know, I think you're the only person that's actually happy to see me today. Uh, so it's obviously, it's really refreshing to hear something like that. But thank you for taking your time out to join us, mate. Um, before we get started, we just do the usual stuff that we like to do in our podcast. Just remind the viewers that if they haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you follow us on all the social media platforms. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, again, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to it on any of the audio platforms, such as Spotify, make sure you give us a follow. But most importantly today, don't forget to check out Dan's platform as well. We're going to be sharing all of his links in the, in the description below, his social media links. I had the privilege to watch some of the Boxing TV talk show content the, uh, last night, and I must say I was really really impressed with some of the stuff you've Thank got you. going there. That interview with Larry Holmes, I don't know whether I was jealous or whether I was just really, really <laughs> proud to see someone interview a guy like Larry Holmes. Yeah. I've been trying to get him on this platform for a very long time. It's not happened, but hopefully you know the guy, so maybe you can yes. you can send a good you can send a word through for us. <laughs> Put a good word in. Yes, yeah, hopefully. That's it. You'll get there. You'll get there. I mean, it's like you say, when I first started with with my channel, it's Faisal, isn't it? Is it how yes. you pronounce your name? Cool. So when I first started my channel, I started exactly the same as you are now. Um, I had a big dream, and I've worked my absolute backside off in order to to interview these these fighters so it's possible for anyone anything's possible mm -hmm. i mean i remember obviously as you just mentioned when you started off i remember when i first started off with lights out my first ever interview was with frank warren and oh, my that's not knee a bad interview well that's my, a great interview my knees were shit were like jelly my hands were all over the place <laughs> i must have got my questions mixed up uh, but obviously you've got to start off somewhere but i would like to yeah. say i was thrown into the deep end um, we've got a lot to talk about today, Dan. Um, obviously, Super. we've got a huge announcement that's just we've received from Sky Sports. Um, more details about that coming later, which includes Anthony Joshua's next world title defence. But mm -hmm. obviously, let's start off with last Sunday night's action. Um, the, the greatest of all time that I like to call him, Floyd Mayweather, yep. was in an exhibition bout with Logan Paul. Now, listen, Dan, I, I know you've got to stay... stay professional as much as you can when you're broadcasting but on this yeah. platform you know feel free to let off as much steam as you like what was your thoughts on the exhibition between Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul? Well Faisal I'm well known for being opinionated in what I do um, some people might like what I do some people might not but um, I'm always telling the truth and I, don't get me wrong there's so many pluses and I do see the pluses and negatives from both sides I definitely see the the pluses of new audiences coming into boxing the negative side is the boxing purist is the fact that you've got a Nobody, you know, the, the, the grand scale of things, an absolute nobody earning 20 million 
in doing eight rounds, pretty much easy work uh, with an absolute legend. So uh, do I support it? I do and I don't, um, but mainly don't. I mean, you just mentioned $20 million to do eight rounds with arguably one of the greatest fighters that the mm. sport has ever seen. And then I'd if you look... Well, <laughs> I'd do it for 20p. <laughs> but <laughs> just, just, to, just to have that privilege, just to share the ring with someone like Floyd Nova, it probably yeah. knocked my ass out of in 20 seconds anyway. But <laughs> you look at what Logan Paul's just earned. He's earned $20 million, right? Just to go eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather. It wasn't a great, great exhibition bout. And then you have someone like Deontay Wilder who's being offered that sort of money to step aside to let Fury fight Joshua. It's crazy that the sport that we're has in Has he today. been offered that money, though? He has, he's, has he really been offered that money? They've, they've refused to, to give him that money because well, I think that oh, you're, you're really going to get into it with me now, Faisal. The whole um, Deontay Wilder thing, I think it's a massive fail from Wilder's team. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted a huge... They made it look convincing with the whole Malik Scott thing, which, in my opinion, no disrespect to every fighter who steps you know, kind of in the ring, definitely deserves um, the respect to put their lives on the line for our entertainment. I completely understand that. But in my opinion, Malik Scott training Deontay Wilder is the blind, leading the blind, in my opinion. No disrespect to Malik. He's a great guy. He's on the social media. You're a great guy. But is he, is he going to, has he got what it takes to change Wilder in a way that he's not going to get battered again? I very much doubt it. Well, look, I mean, the whole Wilder Fury Joshua thing is, is, is it's all up in smoke at the moment. We will, I will let you vent your frustration a little bit later on during this podcast because <laughs> I can tell you've got a lot to say about the, the heavyweight scene. But we've obviously, let's just try and stay on what we've got right now between Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. Now, yeah. as we mentioned, one of the greatest fighters of all time, but he is 44 years old now. What did you make of the 44 year old Floyd the other night from what you've seen? Going in the ring with a guy that's much bigger. Not got more experience, but obviously he had the, the height and, of course, the weight advantage with him. To be honest, I've not watched the whole thing all the way through. I, I don't really want to. I've seen the highlights. I've seen, a, you know, what it was all about. And I think, you know, with the Japanese guy that we saw and with McGregor, and it was just going to be that, but worse. So from what I see is uh, Floyd didn't look the, the greatest. He certainly didn't. He certainly looked a, a man of 44 years of age. Um, but you've got to bear in mind, Logan Paul is he's huge. He's a really big kid and he's really fit. Um, you get what you get. 44 years of age, you know, good on him for only 100, was it 120 million? Something 100 million in the end? Crazy. Um, uh, he's, he's not going to come back and beat Canelo, is he? Um, by oh. the looks of it. No, I wouldn't say he's going to come back and beat Canelo. I don't think he comes back and beats the likes of the Spencers and the Crawfords right now. Um, you can tell he's obviously getting old. I mean, he's had that hair transplant and that beard transplant. I think it's just made it look him look weird. It looks very weird. I mean, you know, you've, I think for 43 years, every time we've seen him fight or we've seen him on YouTube or wherever, we're sort of used to seeing that clean-shaven look. All right, the last few years, he's had a bit of a goatee. And now yeah. you're seeing him in the ring with a full wad of hair and a big beard. And he's fighting mm-hmm. someone like Logan Paul. I mean, let's just obviously t- take it to play that the sport has suffered a lot. I mean, even though we're yeah. sort of getting back to normality now, there's loads of quality fighters out there that haven't had the opportunity that they feel that they deserve since obviously we've been in this pandemic. Now, if you're a young fighter right now, you know, you've gone through the whole amateur scene, you know, ABAs, yeah. and then you've got the talent to take you to a real, a real, real high level in sport boxing. But then you're watching a YouTuber pick up that type of money and having the privilege of fighting Floyd Mayweather. How would that personally make you feel? 
Uh, I was only talking about this yesterday. Um, it reminds me, and this, I may go off track here, but th it, this very much reminds me, on no disrespect, again, I want to make that clear, it reminds me of women's football. I know that sounds stupid, but hear me out a second. So women complain, or some women complain, that they don't get paid as much as the men when they're doing the same thing. They get a bigger audience. They deserve to get paid because more people are watching. Do I think it's right from as a boxing purist, you know, really working with the grassroots of boxing. No, I don't. They don't, he doesn't deserve that. But if he, if one of these people like a Midlands area, even though, you know, some great fighter Midlands area or a, you know, a British challenge belt winner was going to go fight Mayweather, they'd be nowhere near the, the numbers that uh, Logan Paul or Jake Paul or Conor McGregor would do. So they kind of do deserve it because, yeah, don't get me wrong. They don't deserve it on the boxing purist side of things, but they, the guys who are bringing in the money, I reckon Logan Paul probably would have brought in more viewers than, than Mayweather would have. Which is it is, I mean, you've got to look, I mean, they've obviously built their platforms from the very beginning and they've obviously, you know, gathered enough subscribers and followers on social media and they are really good at what they do. But I think obviously everybody's yeah. got an opinion about it. And I think my opinion on it is that I feel I feel for the, uh, the the next sort of generation coming up in, into the sport that haven't been given the opportunities that they should be given. Obviously, being in the in the pandemic right now, you've got to look at the young fighters. They're suffering a lot. I know a lot of fighters that have had to turn away from the sport because the opportunities yeah. aren't there anymore. But when you're seeing someone like Logan Paul, who whose only professional fight is against another YouTuber KSI. such as KSI. Yeah. And it, it wasn't a great fight. I believe that was also a pay-per-view um, event. Mm -hmm. And then he's yeah. getting an opportunity to share the ring with one of the greatest of all time in Floyd Mayweather. I think young fighters are looking at that type of scenario and thinking, is there any hope for the younger generation in boxing? But listen... It's an exhibition though, Faisal, isn't it? You know, it is an exhibition. I mean, Muhammad mm -hmm. Ali fought that wrestler. Remember him when he just kept kicking him in the legs all them years ago. I mean, he wouldn't have just fought a random boxer. It just mm -hmm. does, it, it wouldn't have brought any numbers in. Bear, I completely appreciate Conor McGregor was a you know a, on his record, let's say. But Conor McGregor was a fighter. Conor mm -hmm. McGregor had decent, reasonably decent stand-up ability, and that's the reason why I fought Mayweather because he was he was like sport against sport. So that was huge UFC against boxing, mm -hmm. and that was really big. So I, I don't really think these these you know normal boxers, no disrespect to any boxers, that they would bring in the same numbers. They just wouldn't. I think the whole McGregor Mayweather thing sold because he, you know, you look at Conor McGregor, he's a, he's a globalized superstar. You know, he's one of the most highest earners in combat sports today. And he's got a personality and you put them two together. If you remember the, the, the press conferences between them, every single one of them was entertaining. And I think that's what sold the fight. Now, would I like to see Floyd Mayweather do more exhibitions? Yes. But I'd like to see him get in the ring with boxers that are sort of making a comeback into sport as well, such as, you know, when you had Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. I mean, there's talks of Oscar De La Hoya perhaps making a comeback into the ring. That's something I would like to see. You know, yeah. do I want to see a Floyd Mayweather versus a YouTuber that's got millions? No. But would I want to see Floyd Mayweather for eight rounds fight someone like an Oscar De La Hoya? 100%. But listen, it's all, it's all a matter of opinion. Some people yeah, like it, some people like. don't. Final question on this topic. Did you watch it and did you pay for the pay-per-view event? I didn't watch it. You didn't I watch it, no. For it. You wouldn't pay for <laughs> and it. And to be honest, it, it, I'll probably, do you know what? If it, if it was a Saturday, 
I might have. Mm-hmm. But what a stupid time to put it on on a Sunday night. I mean, come on. The, yeah. the, the, the audience, imagine the, how big, you know, the, the comparison between a Saturday night and a Sunday night for the U, especially the UK. And mm-hmm. all, you know, everybody over in Europe, ain't nobody staying up till no, four no in the morning on a Sunday night. No chance. Not especially no when chance. you've got, not especially when you've got work at eight o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning. Absolutely no way. But listen, let's move on because obviously there wasn't yeah. there was an undercard on the show. Um, it featured Badu Jack um, returned to the ring with a very good performance against Dervin Kalina. The whole Badu Jack thing is going to be overshadowed by the fact that he was meant to fight John Pascal in the rematch. And that fight never went ahead in the end because John Pascal failed four drugs tests leading up to the fight. Um, talk a bit about the performance first, because obviously I don't think it's fair on Badu Jack or his opponent that we just jump straight into John Pascal. I was really impressed with it. I've always been a fan of Badu Jack. I believe he's one of those fighters that has not he's been given the, he's, well, he's not been given the credit that I that he deserves. I feel, and he's fought the best yeah. former world champion. He's still going. He's still a good fighter. And I thought he put up a very, very good performance. When I speak, yeah, I when, when you speak about the light heavyweight division, you know, there's no secret. Everybody talks about Baturbiev, you know, Bivol, Billam mm-hmm. Smith. You look at the UK light heavyweights such as Linda Narfa, Josh Pawatsi, and Yard. Yeah. But but with me, I like to look at the fighters that have got a lot of experience. And if you look at experience-wise, I don't think anyone in that division has got better experience than Badu Jack. He's fought Groves. He's fought De Gaël. He's fought Pascal. You know, he's fought all the best fighters up in the light heavyweight, middleweight divisions. His experience yep. is better than anyone's right now. Do you think he's been overlooked in that light heavyweight division right now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's not even in the same... Com- Let's be honest. Um, he's not even in the same conversation as uh, Bivol or Batsoviev or, uh, you know, Yard. He's just not. You know, he's, he's just not. He's absolutely been overlooked. I completely agree with that. He's you're, a great fighter. Really he's a brilliant, fighter. He's, he, listen, he's a brilliant fighter. I was only like, speaking with Tony Weeks about this the other day. He'd come on the show and the referee, and he, he was there when he had that. But do you remember that huge cut across his forehead? Against Marcus everywhere. Brown, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Uh, and we were only talking about him the other day and that we thought he was underrated. But yeah, he is, he is very underrated. Um, I'm not sure what he would do against uh, um, Bivol. was poor, I thought, last time. Mm-hmm. Out against Craig Richards. I thought he would. He, that wasn't a great performance from him at all. Uh, but I think someone like Baturbiev would really give give him problems. I think that the, the longer his career has gone on, the more predictable and potentially basic he's been. Yeah, I mean, well, I wasn't really impressed with um, Bivol in his last performance. And I think yeah. Baturbiev right now is an absolute wrecking machine. Yeah. I would like to see Bivol versus Baturbiev. And I would like to see one of our UK fighters sort of get pushed towards that level, not yeah. straight away, but when perhaps within the next six months or a year. But I'd also like to see Badu Jack given the respect that he deserves because he's, mm. for me, he is like the longest reigning fighter in that yeah, division right now. And I think a lot of people are just overlooking him, which is something I don't agree with. But hey, boxing politics, me and you won't agree with certain things, but it doesn't matter what we think. The fighters will follow wherever the money is and majority of the fighters will do what they're told these days. Just That's just how the sport works. But... As I mentioned, it was scheduled to be the rematch between Pascal versus Badu Jack. Yeah. It never happened because of John Pascal's antics outside the rings. Outside of the ring, four failed drugs tests. What needs to happen with John Pascal next? It's not up to me. You know, it's it, it's not really up to me. I mean, I only asked my my followers uh, on Boxing TV the other day what should happen 
um, you know, in the, the on a broader scale, you know, what should happen on if someone is positive for a for a performance enhancing drug, and you know, the vast majority of people are saying banned for life. You've, you've only got to look at Jarrell Miller and what he did. Now, obvious, it's been it's it, it's rife in the sport, mate. It's it's absolutely rife in the sport taking this amount of artificial or whatever testosterone they give everything other things combat it so there's, there's so much that goes on that you don't realize in the sport of boxing and not just boxing a lot of other sports as well too much science involved too many clever people these days i think when we're, when we're talking about drugs in boxing i think when we're giving out six month bans a year ban it's not a severe punishment and people i think doing a year without a fight at the moment so exactly. what's a six month ban and it's i think like, you're trained you're in it i think whoever is you know handing out these bans they need to fix up because we're, we're talking about four failed drugs tests right now. Let's just say that fight would have gone ahead. Badu Jack gets seriously hurt. This all goes under the carpet. No it's one ever knows. Murder. It's 100%. attempted murder. I think the same thing's going to happen with the YouTubers. What, the only thing that's going to change is when someone dies or mm. ends up like Gerald McClellan. You know, that, that, that's when things will go, wait there, we should have, have a closer look at this. Just like with a YouTuber, then one of them's going to get really hurt. I was, yeah. who was it Michael Hunter, the, the heavyweight? I was interviewing him on the press conference we did for the guys over in, uh, in Texas. And good luck to them, by the way, who are, they're having a show out there in, in uh, Houston on, uh, on Saturday. Is it the, the YouTubers versus the TikTokers? No, no, no. Um, it's, uh, it's a show out in Houston in, in okay. Texas. I, I normally go out there commentating for them, but obviously with the stupid coronavirus <laughs> thing, um, I can't, but it's just the way it is. But but um, yeah, it's it's one of them. I mean, it, it, for me, I think that definitely uh, anybody with a performance-enhancing drug should get just a lot. They need to make an example of people because mm. people are just taking the absolute mick. Oh, 100% agree with you, dear Dan. 100% agree. Um, listen, you know, we, we want to try and uh, be as fair as possible. But when, you're, when you've done it more than four times, well, four times, more than once is bad enough. I believe, listen, everyone deserves a second chance. We're talking about four failed drug tests here, you know, and massive shame because you look at it, uh, it's, it's an opportunity blown for John Pascal. You know, anyone yeah. who was on, the, on that undercard, all right, given the fact that it was Floyd Mayweather versus a YouTuber, you'd still want to be on that undercard, you know, mm. to have a world title fight on, on, a, on a Floyd Mayweather undercard goes a long way in this sport. Yeah. But for me it's personally... to tell your grandkids about, isn't it? 100%. And me personally, I don't think this guy should ever be allowed in boxing again. I think he should be given the lifetime ban. I think Jarrell Miller should also be given the lifetime ban. I think now this is where boxing needs to step up and start making an example of people that are using drugs just to enhance their performance. Honestly, if you, if you, if you, if you don't act upon this now, when a fighter who was on the verge of defending his world titles in a rematch, because the first fight was a brilliant fight between Jack yeah. and Pascal. I loved every minute of it. I've watched it a few times. And then to go and do that, to spoil the build-up to that fight, you know, to take away Badu Jack's opportunity, who, again, I mean, let's talk about a bit about Badu Jack. He's had a lot of decisions go against him, especially yeah. all those draws where I feel as if the majority of those fights should have been given in his favour. Mm. Not only do I feel is he an overlooked fight, I also feel that he's a fighter that's been done very wrong in the sport of boxing. But listen, okay. if anyone deserves a shot at the world title next, it's him. As for Jean Pascal, no sympathy for him whatsoever. I think he needs to be given a lifetime ban. I think this is where boxing needs to step up and now start fixing these drug issues we've got in the sport. Yeah, I mean, you don't accidentally get banned for four different substances do you no, so uh, it, like i say there's there's a lot more i mean i'm not even going to go into it but there's mm. a lot of stuff i know about fighters that you definitely know 
and I can't say, of course, but some stuff that is, it's like, whoa, this actually happens. And to be honest, I'm actually really surprised how open they are mm-hmm. and how how obvious it is to the public. It'll get out, it'll get out. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, for me, anyone who's uh, banned from form enhanced, well, gets test positive for the performance enhancing drugs needs, uh, yeah, needs the, the boot. 100%. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about another fight that was on that undercard because uh, Lewis Arias got a close split decision win against Jarrett Hurd yeah, um, up in the yeah, super welterweight sure. division. I, al- I always say that the super welterweight division is the most quiet division in boxing right now. I don't think it kind of yeah. gets the attention that it needs. But a good win for Lewis Arias against a very good fighter in Jarrett Hurd. Um, last yes, time out I watched him was against Jason Wellborn on the Fury Wilder one undercard. Um, yeah. I wasn't really impressed with him, but I just thought on the night it was he did enough to get the win against Jason Wellborn. But having said that, yeah. he lost on Sunday night to Luis Arias. Right decision in the end, or do you yeah, think that? Yeah, do you think I, think it was, I think it was. You know, and when he say he just did enough against Jace, he stopped Jace, didn't he? I know Jace well. He's a good, good, he's a good friend, great guy, and uh, he stopped him something like the fourth. But it's been ages. I mean, how how long ago was that fight? About two years. It's kind of two thousand and eighteen, December two thousand eighteen. But he yeah. also he also lost against Luke Keeler, I believed after that. Yeah, I really rate him. I think he's a uh, he's massive at the weight. Um, I really, really rate him. Do I think he won the fight? No, he didn't against Arias. I thought Arias did did do enough, and it was a big shock. And uh, again, going back to your previous point, it's a real shame that he didn't have that world title against uh, you know with with Jack and Pascal because you know for, for Arias more than anything mm-hmm. else, you know, beating uh, having a massive upset against a you know former world champion um, on a on undercard of a world championship fight would have been incredible for him. But I think the decision was correct, and I think that Jared Hurd needs to go back to the uh, Back to the drawing board. Yeah, I mean, massive shame for him because obviously we're big, all maybe needs to go up. We're all getting we're all, we're all now getting ready for another undisputed clash between Jamel Cherlo and Brian Carlos Castano. It's another big fight, an undisputed clash up at the one five four division. But do you think that with how close the fight was between Arias and Jarrett Hurd, do you think the best thing is for a rematch, or do you think this is where Luis Arias now just needs to patiently wait and fight the winner of Charlo versus Castano? I don't think Arias having a rematch with him is going to do him anything. He, he, for, it depends who you're asking. If you're asking Arias' team or you're asking Jarrett Hurd, I mean, Jarrett Hurd realistically does need a, an immediate rematch. You know, that's what he be, should be looking for. Um, for. For Arias, I think that he needs to just, you know, I do I think he's good enough to be a, a, at that level. I mean, who knows? But, uh, you know, I think that Arias should move on um, to the to, to bigger things. While can. Well, listen, nonetheless, um, a massive win for Luis Arias. Jarrah Heard, as you mentioned, perhaps go back to the drawing board, maybe even go up to 160. Yeah, you know, I think he's, got, he's massive, isn't he? He'd be big for 160. Do you know any fighter that wants to go down from 154 to 147 or from 154 up to 160? It's like a you can't win because you look at 147, Spence, Crawford, Pacquiao, you know, and then you look at ooh, 160, you know, Golovkin, Andrade. It's like you're going down a division, but you're going into like the lion's den. If you go yeah. up a division, it doesn't get any easier. But that's obviously no. the how well boxing is growing right now. Every division yeah. is action-packed. But no, look, again, Jamal, Jamal Charlo, Brian, Carlos Castano, what's your prediction for that fight? Uh, Charlo, I'd, I'd say Charlo. I mean, I've, I haven't really got amazing things. And... Uh, <laughs> I forgot what I want to say here. Um, 
I hear a lot about. I'm sorry to move off this off the subject, but I hear a lot about the Charlos and the you know, Canelo and Golovkin, and I just don't think they're in that league. I just I just don't. I think I think they're very good fighters, and in maybe other times they would be world, you know, top of top top of the tree. I just don't think the. So I'd, I'd say Charlo. Yeah, that'd be my prediction. I think you know. I'm I'm kind of glad you you mentioned this because. You know, for many years, we all asked the question about Billy Joe Saunders. He's not had that elite fight. Yeah. He's had that elite fight now. And I think he proved that he does belong up in that level. With the Charlos, I don't think nobody's taken them serious because they've not fought an elite fighter yet. And no. yeah. again, you can put that down to, I don't know, bad promotion. Um, you know, do the likes of Canelo, Golovkin, do these fighters benefit from fighting someone like a Jamal Charlo? Maybe, maybe not. I don't think they're in, like I say. I've, I've got to got to be honest. I mean, I've got to be careful because you know these fighters. I, I see it, but it's just that I've got to be honest. You know, just, just my opinion, and that's what makes this sport so beautiful. That it, you know, it is subjective. You, you know, you can have your opinion. I can have mine, and that's if everything. Everybody like the same thing. It'd be boring. So mm-hmm. you know, it's one, one of the beauty of the sport. I just think that the Golovkins of the world, the um, Canelos of of the world, uh, the two, they're, they're a different level. In my opinion, give, give them benefits of the doubt. Fight someone and prove that. Then, you know, fight you, someone. Step up and show us what you're made of, rather than fighting really unknown fighters. I've said for a long time now, Dan. I'd love to see Eubank Junior fight Charlo Jamal Charlo. I'd love to see that fight. You know, you, yeah. you I mean, first of all, you've got an entertaining media week, which you'd get to cover. You know, you've got an entertaining press conference. I think you'd get a very good fight. But again, I mean, you know, we're hearing talks about Andrade fighting Eubank Jr. There's, you know, that talks in the pipeline as well. There's so much to look forward to. But it's just a question of whether these fights... I think Andrade absolutely boxes Eubank's head off. I think he boxes ears off every single day of the week. It's all wrong for Eubank. All wrong for Eubank. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm a little bit sore about Eubank lately, if I'm being, uh, being deadly honest. I've uh, recently in, uh, interviewed Nick Blackwell, um, who, of course, uh, went into um, a coma following fighting him. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too impressed with what he said about, um, with, uh, about his response from Eubank. But... Um, which I'm sure you can check out, but uh, yeah, it's... I uh, 100%, we'll definitely check it out. Look, I think everyone... I think with Hubert Jr., you either like him or you don't like him. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think he's got... I mean, the thing is with Mayweather, Faisal, he's he's great to hate. Yeah, 100%. Backs, he absolutely backs it up. You know, mm-hmm. he's got the skills. He's He is arguably one of the best fighters of all time. And you've got to give a really good argument for him not to be. So it's okay for him to be a bit of an idiot. It's okay for him to say, oh, it's not about uh, legacy, it's about currency. Because pff, you earn it. You know, you, you, you beat 16, 16 world champions in a row. Mm. You know, you deserve that. But Eubank Jr. lost to Saunders. He's lost all of his big fights. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me, I, I think Andrade, you can't think you sure. What do you think? Andrade, Eubank. I, I wasn't impressive Andrade's performance against uh, Liam Williams. Um wasn't really impressive. I think I believe it was Luke Keeler he fought as well before that. Wasn't impressed with that performance. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, going into that fight, you would have to favour Andrade being the world champion, being the undefeated fighter, being the more active fighter as well. I think with Eubank Jr., you've got you've got everything you want in the fighter, but you just don't have. You know, does he have the patience to sit there and listen to somebody? I think that's the actual issue now. I mean, 
who was his last trainer before? Uh, it was in this corner. Um, the bold guy, always forget his name. Ronnie, Ronnie Davis, Ronnie Davis. Mm-hmm. Now, you know you're boxing just as much as I do. You know Ronnie Davis has got a brilliant reputation in boxing and he wasn't getting what he wanted out of Chris Eubank Jr. Now, when you've got someone like a Roy Jones Jr. in your corner, I've said it for since the day they announced his partnership that if he, if, if you can't listen to Roy Jones Jr., who are you going to listen to in this sport? You know, we're, we're talking about a guy that went from, what was it, middleweight all the way to heavyweight. You know, the guy's got everything to prove that he can work wonders with someone like a Chris Eubank Jr. Now, you've got to give him a bit of, bit of time. They've only fought once with each other. That was the Marcus Morrison fight. I wasn't impressed with the Eubank Jr. performance against Marcus Morrison. But I also do believe it will require a bit of time. And I also do yeah, believe at the same yeah. time, he, he needs the right fights. I don't think, I personally don't think he should take an Andrade fight next. I think he needs another fight, perhaps at British level. I really course, like yeah. the Lee, I really like the Liam Williams fight. I also like the Kelbrook fight. I even like the Billy Joe Saunders rematch. Mm-hmm. But I don't fancy his chances right now against an Andrade or a Golovkin because I've not seen how he's working under Roy Jones Jr. I can't take much I from spoke the Marcus to Roy about fight. it. Yeah, I actually spoke to Roy about it recently uh, on my show and uh, I asked him the exact question, Faisal. So I'm happy to, to tell you. I said, just said, what do you think of Chris Eubank? And to be honest, I told him the same thing as what I've told you. Um, you know, does he have the skills? That's the mm-hmm. truth. Does he have the fundamentals to beat a world champion with incredible fundamentals like someone like Golovkin? You know, it's just a complete night and day. It's absolutely mm-hmm. night and day. And um, he said, Roy told me that he's he is really, really strong. He's a really strong fighter, which we all know. He's a tough kid. Nick Blackwell seems to say otherwise. He says he punches like a girl, but he did, word for word. Um, it was, <laughs> and, and Gary Lockett. But um, he... I just, he, Roy's talking basically about going back to basics, working on his technique. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just don't, can you teach a, an old dog new tricks, Faisal? Well, when I'm we say sure, an old I'm dog, sure he's, he's, he's not the oldest of fighters. And um, I'd, obviously, I don't know if you've watched our podcast before, but my brother Asif obviously appears on it whenever he, he's available. He's a massive fan of Chris Eubank Jr. because he believes the guy's entertaining and he'll throw everything, including the kitchen sink, just to get a win. Yeah. He is uh, me, me personally, yes. look, I mean, you can be entertaining or you can be a winner. Now, Floyd Mayweather wasn't the most exciting fighter, but he was a winner. He knew what he had to do to win. You know, I, I always compare Floyd Mayweather with Jose Mourinho. When Jose Mourinho was a great footballing coach, he yeah. would bore the hell out of you. He'd set his side up tactically just to bore the hell out of the game, mm-hmm. but he would set up to win. Now, this is where you have to ask the question of Eubank Jr., do you want to be an entertainer or do you want to be a legend in the sport? It's, uh, it's, it's hard for him because of his dad, isn't it? Yeah, but look, uh, you're ne- we're never going to get another, you know, a Nigel Ben. We're never going to get another Chris Eubank Sr. You, you, these fighters are once-in-a-lifetime fighters. But what we can get is someone that's a bit different to him, but can also at the same time achieve what they've achieved in the sport. If Chris Eubank Jr. retired from the sport tomorrow, He's failed in his career because what, whether you what, what your opinions are of the IBO title is up to you. But I personally believe 
that right now, within the next 18 months, he needs to be fighting for a world title and he needs to be beating yeah. someone like a Golovkin or an Andrade or it's just a waste of a career. But listen, exciting times. We've only seen, seen him fight once under Roy Jones Jr. Let's give him a bit of time. Let's, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. We, hopefully we might see bigger and yeah. better things to come in the near future. I hope future. so. You know, we've got to support our countrymen at the end of the day. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm a little bit sore about some of the things that were done a while ago. But, you know, mm -hmm. good luck to him. Good yeah, luck. listen, good luck to him. You know, we always want the British fighters to do well. And we would, uh, listen, he's a talented kid. You know, you can't take nothing away from him. He's got the talent. You know, the, the, the talent is there with you, Matt Jr. right now. So, look, let, let's just wait and see. Um, we'll move on now because we'll talk about Frank Warren's uh, Telford show, which took yeah. place uh, last Saturday amazing. night. Awesome. I, I, know why, I, know, Alice, I know why you found it amazing, amazing because <laughs> your fellow Stoke guy, Nathan Haney, yeah, yeah. has got an unbelievable following. You know, yeah. incredible. When he comes out to the YY Delilah theme and he's engaging with his fans, I feel as if boxing's missed that. I feel as if we haven't had yeah. a UK fighter with that sort of fan base since Ricky Hatton. Um, you probably know Nathan Heaney quite well, seeing as you're both from Stoke. You must have spoken yeah, to him a few times. My, no, he's my best mate since I've been 10. <laughs> he's literally my best friend. Like He's literally he's closer to, than my brother is to me. We, we, we boxed together growing up. Uh, his dad and my mum uh, and dad are like his mum and dad, so... You don't get any closer. I love him. I'm so proud of him. So, so proud of him. He took a bit of stick um, a few months ago on the BT Sports show, but this Saturday night against, sorry, last Saturday night against, I believe it was Ily Ilyan Markov, much better performance. A KO win, looked a lot better, you know, seemed more confident, more relaxed. Yeah. Is he a fighter that, he's definitely a fighter that thrives off of that atmosphere. You know Absolutely. him better than anyone. How far can he actually go in this sport? Uh, well, last Saturday was the first fight of his that I've missed in over 20 years. That's how well I know Nathan, even through, his, through the amateurs. Um, and the only reason is because I've just had a baby. I've just had a little girl about oh, uh, congratulations, two weeks Dan. ago. Congratulations, Thank mate. you. So I've had to isolate. That's only, I'm gutted I couldn't be there. But bless him. I love him to bits. He's going to see him tomorrow. Anyway, um, he, I think he's a great fighter. I think he's a much better professional fighter than he was an amateur. Um, Nathan had some really good amateur amateur wins um, over over some you know world champion. You know he was he was a he was a, he was a good kid, but he never got, he never got the credit he really deserved. He never got that international vest. Where to be fair, he beat the kids that he beat some top 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 kids. You know, um, is he is is he good enough to be up there with the the pros? Absolutely, one hundred percent. He he. I felt his power firsthand when he was 60 kilo. And I've, I've felt it, you know, when I, a long time ago when I used to box. And it hurt me then. I'll never forget when he caught me with that, that this right uppercut just before I was about fight. And I swear to God, uh, my ancestors felt it, you know. And that was when he was <laughs> like, he was a lot smaller than he is now. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, but Nathan, I'm sure he won't want me saying this too much, but he, he, people keep talking to me about how old he is. He's 32 years of age. And people keep saying, oh, he's not got long, long left. When I was, listen to this, me and Nathan went on holiday when I, when he was, it was for his 18th birthday. I was 20 and we just, me and him went away. And uh, I looked about 25 because I've always looked old. He looked about 12. He, he was a really late developer, Nathan was. So he didn't really, only now uh, in his thirties has he got the man strength that he had before. And if you, if you look through the, his previous amateur show because one that far ago considering he's he's like a baby compared to he is now mm -hmm. so 
I think people, because even during his professional career, if you look at the beginning of it, he looked like a monster, didn't he, on Saturday night? He, mm -hmm. he was massive, huge for a middleweight. Massive, massive. I think he came in when I had a conversation with him before the fight, half a pound lower than the light heavyweight limit. That's how much weight he put on between in, in one day. So I think people will be very shocked of Nathan's power when he's mm. when he relaxed because people keep talking about this, but trust me, he can bang big time. 12 and 0 now. You know, being promoted by Frank Warren, you know, he's on the right path. He's got he's got the following, there's no doubt about that. When would you want to see him challenging for titles? I'd love to see a British title eliminator next for him. I think that'd be great. Um, someone like Denzel Bentley or Mark Efron or some, or maybe not even, because they, they were talking upper echelons of, of the domestic scene there, but someone with a decent record, someone with a good winning record, um, who's won a, a couple of decent fights. Um, and, and, you know, test him, because it doesn't matter what I say. I'm going I'm to sing I'm going to sing it. To the moon, he's my best mate. Do you know what? I'm going <laughs> to do that. Like, I'll do anything for the lad. But um, is it, but he needs that test to prove 100%. to everyone else that, you know, he, yeah. But to be fair, though, and this is a, a conversation I had. I'm, sorry, I'm getting very, very um, over the top here. He's my best pal. But um, he, even his, his first 12 fights, if you really break it down, Rather than just looking at the record and saying, oh, he's a journeyman, oh, he's a journeyman. I've been there for every single one of these fights. His, his title fight with uh, Christian Shembury, I was the commentator on, on pay-per-view, so I've seen this firsthand. And he's had some really hard fights, you know, against some really, really tough people. I mean, if you look at Christian Shembury, decent kid, winning record, he won the IBO title. If you look at um, Abansky, he fought Golovkin and, and did well against Golovkin. Golovkin stopped him in something like the fifth or sixth, but he did well. Serge Ambamo, he's got an head like a bowling ball. He's, you know, his game, he was, a, he was an Olympian. Emmanuel mm. Masinga stopped a good friend of mine um, over in Stoke, who was uh, unbeaten at the time. Um, Nathan boxed his head off and it's like his second fight. Tom Stokes, top, top kid. And people seem to massively underrate what he's doing. But when you look, dig it, when you dig a bit deeper, you'll realise that these, some of these people, they're just not going to get put away. You know, so I think there's big things to come from, you know, I'll be there every second of the way. It's, it's exciting times because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, is a fan base really important? Listen, Ricky Hatton won majority of his fights because he had a brilliant fan base behind him. Yeah. And fighters like that, they thrive off fan bases. And I love the interaction he's got with his with, with the crowd when he comes in. He's, he's, doing, he's, doing, the, he's doing his little dance. He's, 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 yeah. he's you know, he's, he's engaging with his fans. That, I mean, he said, I believe in the build-up to his fight last week, he could have sold at least three to 4,000 tickets if he could have, yeah, if there was that it, availability. He told me, when I, when I spoke to him on the phone and we were talking about the tickets, so there's 1,000 tickets given on the event. He had 600 of them. And, I mean, we're talking like, you know, these ringside seats are something like 150 quid a pop. And he's mm -hmm. been literally, people like, sold 70 in a day, that kind of thing. It's just it's ridiculous. But... He just look, I don't know if you've seen the video yet, but I'm going to share it a bit later because I was like, he's such a top lad. He drops every single one of these tickets off to every single, into mm -hmm. all these people, 600 people. He's, he dropped tickets off to their house and it took him like, this like 250 miles in this mm -hmm. recycled DPD driver. And he's driving <laughs> around, literally thanking people, taking pictures with people. That's what's missing out of boxing. Mm -hmm. you know, that's, what, that's why I do my show so I can bring the, the, the fighters to the fans. And that's what he's doing. And people have this emotional 
um, connection and he does so much for charity. I know he doesn't talk about it much, but he does so much for charity. I know the other day there's a, a company, a charity called the Rising Stars over here, over here in Stoke, and he sent him loads of sweets. You know, said he could take him on 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 this this trip they had, and you know he's, he's just a top lad. You know, he's just mm -hmm. a lovely lad. And just out the the video I was mentioning, he straight after he's five, there's he's got nine coaches for the people coming an hour away. I don't might have seen a lot, but an hour away is like Manchester Liverpool. You know, it's not small small in that distance. And nine coaches went, and he ran out on the car park to all the people and the coaches to thank him in his gear. He was still on his boxing boots on. And he mm -hmm. ran out to, to all the to all the people and said thank you. And that, that's what a champion is. That's a real people's champion. Well, I mean, listen, fair play to him. I mean, going around dropping off tickets and then, you know, having the time to go and thank the fans after the fight Lovely after that. the show. Brilliant and exciting. You know, get on this kid. I mean, the, that ring entrance is I was just watching it. I've seen it a few times and like just yeah. I was engaging watching it. And I believe it's Tom Jones that sang the song yeah, yeah. Why Why Delilah and it is listen. Yeah. You know, really nice guy and a fair play it's to him. Infectious, got, isn't it? It makes you want to go and start singing. It's got a brilliant <laughs> following, and I think this is exactly yeah. what more fighters need. And look, good luck to the up and coming generation. Hopefully, they can get big fan bases like uh, Nathan as well. Yeah. And hopefully, that can spare them on in the, in the future. There was also wins on that show for Daniel Dubois and yeah. uh, Tommy Fury, Kim Najako yeah. as well. Um, yeah. What did you make of Daniel Dubois' return to bring since that defeat against against Joe Joyce? Um, he took Joe a it got, got a lot of stick, which I felt was really, really, you know, yeah. there was no need for a lot of people saying no. he quit, you know, at the, at the end of the day. Look, Carl yeah, Frampton made a point, didn't he? Carl Frampton, I'm glad you said that. I haven't really spoke about it much, but Carl Frampton made a real point that to say that, because he got some stick, didn't he, for saying that Daniel Dubois quit. And realistically, he did quit. However you put it, the, the English language is he said no more. He did quit. He's not quitter, as he said on, on the... Um, the show, just like other fighters have lost and, and quit before, but he did quit. So, uh, you know, I've got to back him up there and he's, he's actually right what he said. But do I think he's a quitter? No. And I think that I'm glad he did what he did because that's probably going to give him chance of not having his career mm -hmm. completely down the drain. So, but it's good to see him back. Completely expected it. Uh, Bogdan Dinu is a, a good um, European level fighter, but he's, he's not in the same class as... I think now with Dubois that he's got that experience of fighting someone like Joe Joyce. I think he'll learn yeah. from that. Um, yeah. I think we have to give the guy some credit. I think to label him as a quitter, such a young yeah. fighter, as Steve Bunks calls him a baby, because he's still a baby in the sport. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's he's a brilliant like talent. And I think when you know the likes of Fury and Joshua do get to that stage where we will be looking for that next guy to blow up the heavyweight scene, Daniel Dubois definitely falls into that bracket. Um, yeah, well, rumours say that uh, Dubois, not, um, not Joshua, Joshua out Yeah, exactly. Look, the power's there. The power's definitely there. What does Shane McGuigan give him that he didn't get with previous management, such as Martin Bowers and, of course, that little, I think it was a two-day stint with Mark Tibbs as well. What do you think he, yeah. he, 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 he gains from uh, working with Shane McGuigan? It's too early to tell, I think, Faisal. I think that... Uh, he, I think Shane McGuigan's a really good trainer. I think he, I think he's great, but it's too early to tell. Um, in the previous interview before the show, he said, "Listen, we want to take absolute baby steps here." I don't think he's going to change him that much. I didn't see any difference mm. within Daniel Dubois 
in that um, I can't remember it was Yakamoto or something that that the Japanese guy. Yeah. Um, it, it's exactly the same, literally carbon copy of, of that fight. Did I see any difference in Daniel Dubois? No. But like Shane McGregor, McGregor said, he doesn't want to change it too quickly. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a trainer, you know, I, I, I'm not a trainer, so who knows what he's going to do. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited with the matchup. I think it's uh, it's going it's to be good, and I think Shane's a, a good trainer. So hopefully, I, I, uh... I'd, I'd like to see a lot more head movement from Dubois. Um, yeah. I think I'd like to see him trim down a little bit as well. But I don't think there is... I think... He's got a great know, jab. He's got a brilliant jab. jab, but I would like to see him trim down a little bit, and I think a, a, a bit more head movement as well. I think that's what let him down when he fought Joe Joyce. Not enough head yeah. movement. He thought he could just blast away Joe. That's what yeah. happened. Um, Joe was, you know, more than. I, I'm sorry to keep saying it, but I spoke to Joe on the show before um, the fight, and Joe was so confident. He was so, so confident he'd beat him. And, he, you know, he was right. Every single thing he said was, was right. And, yeah, I completely agree, Faisal. Completely agree with uh, with the head movement thing. That was a big issue, getting away from the jab against Joe Joyce. But that unconventional jab from Joe Joyce was just horrible. It was, it just was, dropped it was, down, it didn't worked. it? Dropped down it horrible. Worked. It worked. And I think Dubois definitely learns from that. Um, there's also a win for Tommy Fury as well on yeah. Saturday night against Jordan Grant. I mean... Yeah. Jordan Grant turned up to win, but Tommy yeah. Fury, for me, needed that fight. He needed he to be in a fight like that. You know, people look at Tommy Fury and they say, they say, oh, younger brother of Tyson, you know, um, he's a guy that's on TV, you know, on reality TV yeah. shows. They don't really look at him as the boxer yet, and, which is a fair point because obviously we've seen him, you know, he is the younger brother of Tyson and we've seen him on Love yeah. Island. You know, he's got his relationship with Monty May. From what you've seen with Tommy Fury, I mean, personally, I think he can go a long way. I think, you know, when you've got the bro your brother's a world champion, you've got someone yeah. like John Fury looking after you, being promoted by Frank Warren, I think there's a lot of talent there. I do think there's a lot of things to work on. I think he can go a long way in the sport. But what He's do you baby, isn't Exactly, exactly. This is what people are, yeah. are, are forgetting. I've had this question Where do you see Tommy Fury in two years' time? Two years? Um... I wouldn't like to, because he's still a young lad, isn't he? He's, he's early 20s, isn't he? That's well, only mm -hmm. like 22 or something, 21. Um, I don't, I, you, you've got to do the same thing you did with Conor Ben, if you ask me, you know, just move him along slowly. And I, do you know what? I've got to be careful what I say sometimes, but I really mean, and in the greatest respect to what I'm saying, you know, is he Tyson Fury? Is he going to be the next Tyson Fury? I don't think he will be. And I think he'd agree with that because it's, he's done, Tyson's done it since he's a baby. But in two years' time, to answer your question, I'd love to see him move along really slowly, maybe get 10, 15 fights under each bout with, every, with each, sorry, 10, 15 fights before he moves along. And then just take them little baby steps through to area level. Do it the mm -hmm. old-fashioned way. Area level, English level, Commonwealth or something, British. You know, maybe an international chucked in there, you know. Mm -hmm. But he... he it's weird. He could tie. He could tie his shoes standing up. He can't, can't he? With that, mm -hmm. <laughs> it reaches ridiculous. But uh, who knows? Who knows? But from what I can see now, he's not going to be the next Fury. Tyson Fury. But good luck to him. He seems like a mm -hmm. lovely, lovely lad. Yeah. So, he, uh, no, he is. He is. Yeah. I mean, I had. A, I met him on. I met him before his first professional debut on the uh, uh, Warrington Frampton undercard. I had the chance to interview him, and he is a really nice kid. 
Um, yeah. And he's openly said it. Listen, he's, he's, he's not here on anyone else's journey. This is yeah. his own path he's taking. He's choosing to do it because he wants to, not because of the name that he's got. And good luck to him. man. I think he gets a lot of stick. I think it's very unfair. Look, I mean, it's another yeah. young British fighter who believes he can achieve something in the sport. Yeah. And he got a lot of stick on social media. Look, the guy's only had six fights. You know, this is yeah. baby steps. We can't be expecting. He shouldn't be fighting anyone else yet, Faisal. No, no, no way. I mean, I remember someone put up a tweet, and I'm not going to mention who. They were saying, "Oh, he's in the light heavyweight division. You know, he wouldn't last five minutes against a Lyndon Arthur." Or well, of course he wouldn't, because he's. They've had ten times more yeah. fights than him. You know, he's still no. developing. You know, he's still a kid, and you know, you've got yeah. to remember he spent a lot of time out of the ring as well. Whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever anyone's opinion on him going on a reality TV show. It is their opinion. I don't but... think he's naturally as talented as Tyson. No. And I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick to that. He's not. But, you know, with hard work and true dedication and with, mm-hmm. you know, good team behind him, I think he can go far. And I genuinely do wish him all the luck in, in the world, you know. So, uh, so like Dan, 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 I've, Dan, I've always said it that, you know, Tyson Fury for me is a once-in-a-lifetime fighter. You yeah. don't get a Tyson Fury every day. So he's not going to be the next Tyson Fury. But what he can be is he can be the, 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 the one and only Tommy Fury. Let's yeah, get absolutely. let's get off the kid's back. Let's stop comparing him to his brother. He's yeah. you know he's, he's Tyson's younger brother, yes, but he's also a young British fighter that is trying yeah. to you know create something on his own path. And yeah. I love the fact that John Fury is looking after him full time. I think yeah. that's something that is needed. John Fury is yeah. old school, and I really like the idea of the Jake Paul fight. Will it happen? <laughs> Probably not because I believe Jake be Paul, interesting to see, Jake Paul for that. me is is all of that. I think yeah. he, when he goes up against someone that's a half decent boxer, it'll be over in a flash. I've got my fingers yeah. crossed that Tyron Woodley be the man to end this Jake Paul hype. Only time will tell. Um, I think there's too much money there, mate. I think there's too much money, uh, and uh, the, I keep thinking this Woodley should smash his head in. I know that sounds terrible. I really shouldn't say that, but he should batter him. But I think he's. Wherever dark arts are at play, Woodley's 39 now, mm-hmm. and Woodley should really put this lad to sleep. But it gets a few, you know, 10, 20, 30 million chucked at him. And would you lie down for 30 million? I'd lie down for 30 quid, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell you what, that's cheap, mate, compared to some of the ladies around here. <laughs> I'll pretend I never heard that. Uh, listen, let's let's move on now. Final topic, because um, yeah. the news broadcast today that Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk is set to take place at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in September. Obviously, nothing's been finalised, but you can only go with what you know. Happy with the location? Yeah. I think it's. I think really think um, with everybody else. I think Joshua and Fury should have been over here when that was before all this arbitration and whatever went on. Yeah, chuff, chuff for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm glad it's not going out of the UK. Um, I was never happy with the fact that Fury Joshua was going to be in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I always believed that it should have been a Wembley fight, but of course, money talks these days, and whoever bids the highest amount will get the fight. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad uh, Joshua will. We'll be fighting in the UK. Um, I believe we've lacked a big event since, you know, the pandemic. Fingers crossed yeah. we get a full capacity on July the 11th for the European Championships final. But with how things are going right now, I don't think it's very likely. likely. Yeah. Um, but obviously this fight is scheduled to take place in September. So there's enough time to perhaps get a full capacity in there. Now, location-wise, capacity-wise is one thing. Can Usyk cause an upset? Do you think yeah, Usyk? 
100% can. Yeah, if the question is, can he? God, yeah, he can. God, yeah, he can. He beat, he beat, he beat Joe Joyce in the amateurs. And Joe Joyce is a mountain of a man. So all this, what I keep hearing from people saying, he's too small and all that, he's, t- he's the same size, if not taller than Ruiz. Ruiz stopped Joshua. And, you know, no disrespect for anyone, but Usyk's got much better skills than Ruiz. So he can be. And Willie, that's the thing. Is Joshua going to be too big? When he puts them together, he's devastating. And if he Usyk stays in the pocket like he did against uh, Chisora, he's not going to be there long. But he, he absolutely can beat him, in my opinion. I mean, I've not been impressed with Usyk at heavyweight. Yeah. But I don't believe he's had the ultimate test that gets him out of bed. Um mm-hmm. Chad Riverspoon fight was one thing. The Chisora fight, I don't think he got out of first gear. <clears throat> I think Usyk's one of those fighters that needs the ultimate test to get him out of bed. Um, I was blown away at the performance against Tony Bellew. You know, I remember watching the fight and a friend next to me said, yeah, oh, Bellew's going to walk this. I goes, no, this Usyk, it'll take him a few rounds to get warmed up. You know, he's not the sort of fighter that likes to come in quick. And looks to blow his fire away. He's that. I mean, he's a mid round. He's a. He's a. He's. He's. He's a mid round fighter. I.e. round five, six, seven. That's when he likes to get to work. Having said that, we are talking about one of the best heavyweights in the world right now. We're talking about the unified champion. Yeah. What game plan do you take into that fight if your team was sick fighting Anthony Joshua? Boxing. Oh, 100. You, you. You can't stay in the pocket with Joshua for too long, and that's the reason why. Fury's going to beat Joshua, if, if you can ask me that question. Because you can't... The thing is with Joshua is he's very, very powerful and he throws unbelievable combinations. When you put up against... Look, like, again, sorry to keep saying it, but I spoke to Kevin Johnson about this when he fought him and, and he said, listen, when it, I felt like it was a tsunami when I, when I was fighting. <laughs> um, Joshua, he's just, just he battered me, you know, absolutely battered me. So... He, what he's what he's got to do is he's got to box. He's, he's got all the attributes to beat him. That's why I'm saying, yeah, he can beat him because he's southpaw for a start. He's not small. He's only four inches smaller. You know, that's not a big difference. Not no, not a big difference at all. And um, I think he just needs to make sure that he keeps moving, keeps popping his jab, keeps looking for every little opening and not let Joshua plant his feet because the second Joshua plants his feet he's going to fire them dangerous combinations um if he keeps him off balance and just keeps popping his jab and keeps moving keeps spinning off his shots i think he'll cause joshua some problems i think though that joshua being the size he is will end up catching up with him later in the fight that's another strong possibility Mm. so who knows i think it's a 50 50 for me i definitely honestly think it's a 50 50 fight it's not a it's not a one-way street to Joshua, in my opinion. If, what about you? What do you think? If, if anyone out there thinks Joshua is... Usyk's got no chance of winning this fight, then you know, they clearly need to take a rain check. We're talking about the yeah. former undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world. We're talking about a guy that's got a brilliant amateur background. Let's not write off Alexander Usyk for a reason. Yeah. He is the mandatory for this, for whatever belt it is, for a reason. Um, and I agree with you. I think Joshua's got to get rid of a bit of weight. Um, and I, I, I look, I can't, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's not another case of the Andy Ruiz fight where they're looking at, there's the undisputed over the shoulder, you know, there was, there was a look, there was a lot of, 
you know, a lot of controversy leading up into Andy Ruiz fight. You know, for many months they tried making the, the wilder fight. Then obviously Jarrell Miller fails a drugs drugs test and then it's a change of opponent. You know, you can understand why Joshua was a bit off guard, but I'm just hoping we're not getting a repeat of that first Andy Ruiz fight because we were all set for Fury versus Joshua. That doesn't happen. And then for the last two, three weeks, we're hearing it could be a Dillian White. It could even be a third fight of Andy Ruiz. Now it's going to be a fight of Alexander Usyk. You've got the pandemic, cases are rising again. Could the fight be moved away from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? You know, you, these are all yeah, these are all dis, these are all distractions. And if if you if this is distracting Anthony Joshua leading up into a fight, we've seen what it's done with him in the first fight, Randy yeah. Ruiz. You you know, you don't want it happening the second time. So, no. me personally, if I'm Eddie Hearn right now, I would look to take the fight away from the UK because of what's happening right now with the pandemic. Take it to Gibraltar again. You know, take it to the Middle East because you want Anthony Joshua fully focused. You want to eliminate the whole talk of the undisputed clash. You want to eliminate the talk of Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. You want him fully focused because if he's not fully focused, Alexander Usyk can win this fight. And I believe the more talk about an undisputed clash, the potential of this being moved away from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. These people, people would listen to this and think, oh, he's talking out of his backside. All these things play a part in this, you know. I remember watching the face-off between the around the table between um, Carl Froch and George Groves. Carl Froch goes, the number one key for me in this fight is preparation. That's what wins me the fight. Mm-hmm. And if the preparation is not spot on, this is what will cause Anthony Joshua to lose this fight. And I believe distractions they need to be removed as quick as possible. And you, Joshua needs to be fully focused, same as the Tyson Fury when he fights Deontay Wilder as well. Yeah, yeah, it's the same, it's the same thing. Uh, yeah, he does. He, he let's hope he's uh, he's uh, been humbled by Ruiz and uh, he doesn't look past the fighter and make the same mistake because I think that'll be a very uh, costly mistake. Um, think, well, fingers cr- fingers crossed. I mean, at the start of the podcast, you was obviously looked as if you were set for, set for a rant and rave on Wilder Fury 3. I promised you I'd give you your opportunity. Yeah. What's your take on the whole Wilder Fury 3 situation right now? Yeah, I mean, I've got many. I could be here all week. But um, I, I said, I mean, I've recently done a, a well-documented uh, article with Ringside Boxing News. They asked me the same question. and um, I, You know, I think that I think Fury's all wrong uh, for, for Wilder. He's got his number. Um, do I think that uh, Wilder, you know, is going to, we said about teaching old dogs new tricks. He's an old dog now. I'm not dead old, but, you know, considering he's had so many fights. Um, do I think he's going to learn off, uh, you know, Malik Scott and I see all this thing like dancing and all this and, oh, I'm back in my back garden. And, I'm, you know, Fury is the master of mind games master he is the absolute master and i think personally i might be completely wrong and do you know what i might be completely wrong and everything i'm saying today and there might be many things that people and just like you with you people will always give you a bit of stick about what you think you know but that's what's so good you know i respect your opinion if you don't respect mine it's fine that's what's so good but for me i think this is just a wilder exercise of getting paid because that's what he's in the sport for Pfizer, his daughter <laughs> That's the reason why he did it. That's mm-hmm. why he, he was a basketball player. He, he did this because of his, bless his daughter, had uh, a birth defect, bless her. 
And that's the reason he started fighting. And he found this unbelievable weapon of a right hand that could, like Thor's hammer, could just knock out anyone. And it's a hell of a bloody hard knock someone out, Faisal. Mm -hmm. You know, never mind 39, 40 opponents or whatever. So he's in the sport for money. Now, I think, personally, this is all a decoy. I think this is all, I'm going to get ready. Um, the, you know, whatever he's saying, you know, all this stuff on social media was to make, try and make Tyson Fury think, hey, God, he's, all the time, I think all these excuses are there, Faisal. He was trying to make Tyson Fury, put him in a, a kind of a, a full sense of security by saying, yeah, I'm coming back and I'm going to fight you. Hoping, but especially considering the news happened between Joshua and Fury, hoping that he's going to get millions, 20, 30, 40 million. Because we're talking, what, 100, 200 million fight between Joshua and Fury? I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was going to get 100 million, I wouldn't mind giving someone 20, so I've got 80. You know, so, so let's say 40, you know what I mean? Let's say 40 million. And then he's just backfired because Fury's just gone, do you know what? No, no, I'm not going to give you any money. I'm going to, well, what he said, I'm going to batter you first and give you no money. They still get money. But, you know, not like he would have been before. So I think it's just a massive point going wrong. Obviously, you know, we're going to have to bring the podcast to an end. But before we do, I'm going to have to say one thing. Joshua Usyk, Fury Wilder, these are all banana skins. It's a, for me, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm eating humble pie at the end of the year. It's an accident waiting to happen. I can see a slip up from either Fury or Joshua. I don't know why. Something tells me we're not going to get the fight we all want to see. And I, I, I just, Deontay Wilder, he's, he, he's, he's, for me, he's, he's either the most frustrating heavyweight on the planet or he's probably the most controversial heavyweight on the planet because, as you said, he's got the one, the, the one trick pony, which is the right hand. And as long as he's got that right hand, he can be anybody. So I'm not writing off Deontay Wilder in the third fight, even though Tyson Fury's absolutely schooled him in two fights. And there's no way in hell I'm going to write off Alexander Usyk when he fights Anthony Joshua because anything for me can happen. So let's just wait and see. Uh, Dan, it's been over an hour. That's all we've got time for today on podcast 35, mate. Um, I could I could honestly keep this going, but we've got to keep it to a specific time limit. That's the longest I believe we've done a podcast. Just want to say a massive thank you for joining me today. Really, really appreciate it. If the fans want to know more about Dan, check out his social media links in the description. Make sure you give his new Twitter account a follow. Check out the brilliant interviews with the likes of Larry Holmes as well. I've watched it. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this content. Hopefully, it's going to be the first of many, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, 30 episodes on fight now, so you can watch them for free. And uh, episode, sorry, season four, I've just, just started with uh, the first one I'm doing with uh, Sean Porter, uh, which is just being recorded and uh, that'll be released in a few weeks. Yeah, Sean Porter, another guy that's taken to his own platform, the Portaway podcast, a brilliant watch yeah. as well. I believe I've just received a notification before we did this um, podcast that he's had a new episode coming out, so that's something to look forward to later, later on tonight. Guys, if you're watching this on any of the audio platforms, please make sure you give us a follow. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the bell for the notifications, and don't forget to check us out on all the social media platforms. Links are in the description below. Dan Hewitt, once again, a massive thank you for joining us. Check out Boxing TV Talk Show. I am Fessel Khan, and thank you to listen to Podcast 35 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast.